Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about random roles returning to Destiny. Why it's so exciting, I outlined the two types of grind we're going to get to do, RNG grind and investment grind. Very, very exciting. Like when you do your one half hour vid and keep going through questions outside the video? That's a good idea, Mel. Let's take the first question. Sunark says, do you think that the Forsaken are controlled somehow by Savathun? And do you think that the wizard in the trailer was Savathun? I do not think the wizard in the trailer is Savathun. The wizard or woman we saw in the trailer is the same, they're called like, uh, Theruks or Teruks, I forget. Somebody's gonna have to put it in chat for me. If you watch the opening cinematic for The Taken King... If you watch the opening cinematic for The Taken King, they're there with Marasov and they help her generate like the orbs of light that go and like attack. Uh, and that's essentially what they are. Now, uh, they're techunes. Tech, they're basically witches. They're awoken witches. Techunes is their name in chat. Now, in the trailer that we saw for the Dreaming City, the one techune, her hand is like covered in Taken power. And so a lot of people are saying they're basically, uh, apparently they're harvesting Taken power. So the Awoken may be sort of channeling and using the Taken for their means. So I don't think, we may not see Savathun in this DLC. I've continued to say that I think they're saving Savathun and Eris Morn. For another piece of content, they'll call the Taken Queen. We'll go to the Dreadnought end of next year. There'll be a $40 DLC end of next year. They'll call it the Taken Queen. That's what I think. So I don't think it's Savathun. They also said there's a giant creature that we're going to fight at the end of the raid. A lot of people are saying it could be an Ahamkara. So, Poro on Head says, Do you think Gear 1 Guns won't get the new mod system? It's on the roadmap and people uh, who don't get Forsaken wouldn't have the current Taken system uh, system anyway and then be unable to use uh, the new one on the guns. It's a quality of life adjustment that's going out to everybody but not on every gun. So, I think it's a false... I think it's a false premise to say they're only getting the quality of life adjustment if it's on every gun. It's on some guns. Better Devils will continue to drop, and it'll drop with the new system, but you gotta get to drop again. Uh, Iron Banner, Faction Rally are free events that come to the content, and will have new guns dropping conceivably in that way. So, I don't think you can say it's not, it's a quality of life adjustment they're not getting. Uh, just because it's not coming to every single gun. And, as I've made the point so many, so many, so many, so many, so many times, the people that are playing Destiny a year into its life cycle, but aren't willing to pay for an update, I'm not really sure how many of them there are, and I'm not really sure what exactly they're going to be grinding for uh, and playing that late in the life cycle of the game. So I'm not that concerned. I, I, I think it's going to be fine. I think there are going to be arguably new pursuits for them that cost them no money. And I think they are such an incredibly small fraction of the community. I'm not that concerned if they're playing in, you know, September or October and they're not getting, you know, what they consider to be. Well, I'm not getting the full quality of life update. It's not coming to all the gear. Well, it's the same for me when I buy Forsaken. Most, most of it's in the new gear, so... That's just how it always works. The game's moving forward. Uh, Trix Penta says, What are your thoughts on the upcoming Gambit game mode uh, and the Forsaken raid? 
Gambit game mode looks very, very promising. I've argued I think it's going to garner more daily view, more daily engagement than the Crucible. It, it potentially poses a bit of a threat to the Crucible uh, as far as daily uh, player engagement goes. And that, that could be problematic for matchmaking, taking a really, really long time. And I think the Forsaken Raid is going to be amazing. It's going to have tons of bosses. I think tons of bosses means less mechanics. I think less mechanics means more intensity, more fun, like we like we got in Vaults of Glass, like we got in Wrath of the Machine. And so I'm very, very excited. Also excited for the Blind Well Horde mode in the Dreaming City. It's like a new a new game mode coming uh, with Forsaken as well. Uh, Rotomus Prime. I don't know. Maybe I return back to Destiny since Curse of Osiris. Can you give some suggestions on how I should prepare for Forsaken? I would just get your characters as leveled as you'd like if you want to do Solstice of Heroes to get them, you know, as high level as possible. That's one avenue you could take. Um, find the guns that you really, really like and make sure you have the right element on them because they'll be in your collections in the future, but they will have a predetermined... Uh, they will have a predetermined element if you take them from the collection later on. So, for example, a lot of people are like, well, I want every element on the Manana Nan. It's a really strong scout rifle, and they want every single element. That's a good way to prepare. I'm not too concerned with that, and I'll tell you why. I'm going to be probably chasing and using the new gear with the new random rolls, with the new, you know, 10 tiers of Masterworks, uh, with the new, you know, mod system that can add a perk on top of the three active. You know, the Manana Nan's only going to be interesting to me if it can drop with the new rolls, and then I'm not going to be interested in my old ones anyway. I'm going to be interested in the new ones. I'm just, I'm not going to be interested in, I'm not going to be interested in the, in the old guns. I'm just not. I'm not. I'm going to be far more interested in chasing the new stuff. So those are things you can do if those are things that are important to you. But there's not much to do other than get as high level as you can, 385 or 400, so that when you start Forsaken, everything that drops is like as high as it can go. That's another way uh, that you can, uh, you can prepare. Great guy says, do you think Bungie will allow us to use three swords or will this be broken? No, because I don't think swords will ever be in the kinetic slot. They're, they're, they're keeping a lot of the, some of those weapons are going to be remaining as traditional, uh, traditional power weapons. So I don't think swords will ever be in the kinetic slot. Now there may be swords in energy and, um, power, but certain, certain weapon types are just going to stay locked to their traditional assignment from Destiny 1. So, I don't think you're going to see a rocket launcher as a kinetic, I don't think. You can run three shotguns, but we've seen kinetic shotguns before. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe they'll do it, I don't know. Running three swords would be kind of dumb. When we watched somebody run three shotguns in the Crucible on the stream, it didn't go very well for them. It limited their options severely, and the lack of ammo, I just they were, they were quite a bit neutered and nerfed as a player... And I think that I think that matters. I think that, that I think that that you're gonna see you're gonna see that you're gonna see that. Oh wow! I you know I can't I can't get any kills. You know I I can't push anybody. You're not gonna see people running three shotguns now. Maybe in trials, maybe in trials it could become problematic because you're gonna have this element of well I'm the rusher, right? You guys open up the lane. I'm gonna rush and just be able to go shotgun crazy. I still don't know. I still don't know if you're going to see a lot of that. I think you're still going to see people kind of gravitating towards balanced loadouts. 
I think snipers and shotguns will have more of a presence, but with how saucy hand cannons are going to be, auto rifles looked really strong too. I just think you're going to see you're going to see more and more people gravitate towards traditional balanced D1 loadouts. All the people that said double primary was superior, they ain't going to be saying that. They're not going to be saying that come forsaken. They're just not. You're going to see people gravitate towards a D1 D1 builds. Uh J uh JG JGC UK do you think the D2 needs Forsaken more than D1 needed TTK? Keep up the good work. Yes. I think I think taking King was needed, but I think at that point there was a pretty strong player base that would have that would have continued to kind of put up with good but not the best content. I I I think right now we need Forsaken so so badly. They made so many bad pivots on the internal systems in Destiny. Forsaken is essentially the rebirth of the franchise. They really, really hampered the franchise with what they did in D2. And I, 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 I definitely think this question is getting at something I have no problem co-signing on that very, to, a, to a very high degree, to a very high degree, this, this content is, is far more needed than Taken King was. Oh no, Larison says, This isn't related, but I was talking to someone in chat about Escalation Protocol, and they said that doing the full EP from level 1 to 7 raises your drop rate each consecutive time versus farming the last round. Do you know the numbers around that? Okay, the reason that this is true is because every time the game registers that you have completed Escalation Protocol and not gotten the gun, it increases your chances. I don't know what the numbers are, but... The idea is that if you're just farming the boss and cheesing him, like you're basically killing the boss, hoping for it to drop and then wiping and like failing like at the last second, the game is not registered that, oh, hey, this person completed escalation protocol again and didn't get, didn't get the weapon. It's not registering. So the increase in drop rates not happening for you. So you're better off to just run it. You're, you're just re- you're just better off to just run it, uh, because you're you're robbing yourself of that that algorithm triggering and saying, oh hey, this person this person needs to get an increased drop rate here. They, you know they, they've they've completed the escalation protocol two times today and they still haven't gotten the drop. Increase it, you know. It, cheesing it's silly anyway. I mean, just play the content, you know. Just play just play the content is what I've always told people to do. Now, if the content's really, really grueling, I can understand cheesing it, like cheesing a boss or something. But I, I don't know. I feel like Escalation Protocol is pretty fun uh, with a team. And obviously, if you're having a hard time, and if, if you're having a hard time, I don't know if you'd be able to successfully cheese it anyway. I mean, you might cheese it by accident if you're having a hard time. So... Uh, estimated profit. As far as hoarding materials goes, would you say it is a good idea to hoard my mods, planetary tokens, gunsmith materials for soft capped at launch? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not doing anything until I get more info from Bungie. I'm not doing anything until I get more info from Bungie. Because the new mod system's not going to use the present mods, not going to use the elemental mods, etc. So, the question is... What should I do with them? Until they tell us exactly how it's going to work, I'm going to wait. What if you can trade in? What if you can trade in existing mods and the turnover rates better than the mod components that you get from breaking them down? 
right? So I'm just gonna wait. I want to get concrete info from Bungie. I don't think waiting is a, is can cause any harm. I think suddenly dismantling all of your mods could potentially be something that you regret. As far as hoarding coins, there's no use in using them now. You might as well wait. Again, you don't know what benefit they might hold. Real Funky Fisk says, "What's the best super for Titan to clear ads, and what's the best attunement for it?" I think the best super for Titan to clear ads is probably Titan Smash because you can clear a big group and then go and clear another group. Hammers is pretty good too. Sentinel with Doomfang Pauldrons is honestly not that bad anymore either if you run it right and you can really get your Doomfang and your super to extend Sentinel. You can really be in your super for a long time and it is really great for clearing ads. You can just keep throwing your shields. It's like tink, 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 kills. Your super goes up. Super, you know, super duration goes up. Tink, 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 kills. A lot of times when I ran Doomfang Pauldrons with Sentinel, I ran out of ads. I ran out of ads. So I would say that's pretty good testimony. That's good. It's good super for that. So next question is from Serpentius. With random rolls returning, do you think there will be more original perks? Bungie will bring back old perks to expand the purple or a combination of both? Probably a combination of both. Uh, we are seeing new perks getting added, but we saw the return of Rangefinder. We saw Icarus as a mod. So I think it's going to be a combination of both, and that's exciting. I, you know, there are perks that people just love, right? They love to have, you know, Rangefinder on their shotgun, or, you know, I, lo- I love Outlaw. As, I, as you see at proc right there on my annual skate, I love Outlaw. So the combination of both is exciting because trench barrel on shotguns is cool. Box breathing is cool. Uh, you know, uh, the one that pairs up with Outlaw called... Um, Desperado is cool. So I think a combination of both is is exciting and for for both reasons. You don't want to just have everything go away that you know that you love, but you know it's also I think it's also good to see things uh, expounded upon and 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 made and made cooler. Uh, that's at seventy eight. Oh, that's solar power weapon kills. I thought there was one that was just solar weapon kills somewhere. I must have misread that when I scrolled. Uh, scrolled past it. So we can do solar melee kills with a solar sword. Next question. How excited are you leading up to the launch for Forsaken and how do you think it will affect the community? I mean, I'm excited because they, all the things they're adding, I, the, the main thing I'm excited for is the fact that I'll have like a grind. Um, I think having a grind is exciting. Having things to chase is exciting. Chasing god rolls is just, is fun. Uh, but I think the community is going to respond by investing in the things that they love. I've made predictions about Gambit. I've made predictions about the end game and the raid. You know, I said, give us a well behind the wall. They're literally giving us a well called the blind well. Uh, I could see a lot of people, you know, just farming that with buds. Gambit farming that for, for gear. You know, the well, the blind well in the blind city, I'm sorry, in the dreaming city has its own loot pool. It has its own loot pool. Uh, so I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. You know, let's see if this works. Let's see if we can double dip here and get heavy and melee off of a sword hilt solar kill. It'll be really interesting if you do get both. All right. So no solar that doesn't go up, but solar melee does. Okay. So you can't double dip. You can't double dip. Periodically I'll get ammo though. And that'll work. Uh, next question comes from Dunkin' My Donuts. Since the infamous Kingfall raid launch, uh, and 
maybe we have to learn the hive language. I've been waiting for Bungie to implement something like that. What are your thoughts on combining raid mechanics with something as in-depth as that? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. What makes for great puzzle solving and mystery doesn't always make for great replayability. Okay? So, Leviathan. Neat puzzles. Neat things to solve with the calling out of the symbols in Callus's room, with the with how you what you don't shoot at Gauntlet, you know what I'm saying? Solving that I, when we solved Gauntlet before anybody else, by the way, we were world's first on the only thing I can claim world's first for. We were world's first on solving Gauntlet. No, we weren't world's first. No, I take that back. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Somebody had already beaten it, but we solved it way faster than anybody else. No hints, no tips. We solved it like immediately right? We were not world's first solving it, but there were other people that solved it, and it took them, like, we caught up to people because of that. There were people that spent 35, 40 minutes, 5 minutes solving it. We solved it within, like, 2 minutes, right? And that was really satisfying. Do you know what my least favorite encounter in Leviathan is? Gauntlet. So, what made for great puzzle solving didn't make for good repetitious content. Like, I hate, I hate Gauntlet. You know? I don't, I don't like it at all. It's not fun. It's not fun on repetition. It's not fun on on replay. You know? So for me, whenever I go in there, I'm like, yuck, I don't want to do this. I have no interest in, in playing this. But when we were in there the very, very first time and we solved the puzzle, it was thrilling. So I say all that to say this. You're, you're asking about learning Hive language. Tomb ships... And the opener to King's Fall became a, just a, 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 a... Nobody wanted to do it. Nobody cared, right? And the reason nobody cared was because it wasn't that satisfying. Oh man, you did such a good job jumping on that tomb ship. That's not as exciting as, dude, nice use of the cans. Holy moly, guys, nice damage on the boss. Oh man, dude, nice moves, nice moves. Good, good, good. Good job, good job. Like, you, There's not a lot of satisfaction there. There's not a lot of satisfaction there. Because you're because you're not doing anything, you're not doing anything that requires a lot of skill. Once you get it done, you're done. And then the next time you go in, you're like, "Yeah, we've done this a thousand dadgum times." Like, let me stand here on this plate for the one hundredth millionth time. Let me jump on this, you know, tomb ship for the ten millionth bajillionth time. You know, puzzle solving and mystery can lose its luster and its appeal with replayability. There's got to be a good intertwining uh, between the two. There has to be a good uh, interplay between the two. Oh, a little accident. My son is potty training. He's doing a very good job, but he had a little accident in his car seat. That's okay. These things happen. Jiminy Christmas. He's only two and a half. Alright, next question. Uh, how will random rolls save Destiny's average player time in game? Well, here's what I think random rolls does for the average player. I think the average player can be satisfied with the role they get and pivot to investment grind a whole lot faster than the binary static roll drop rate that we get right now from static rolls, right? So static rolls, you're like, sweet, I got it, I'm done now. So if the average player has good RNG or bad RNG, static rolls sucks because you either can't get it and you're annoyed because all your friends have it or, or you get it right away and now you're like, 
oh, yeah, I don't really care to play the content now. You see what I'm saying? The binary zero or a one, that's, I don't think that that's good for the casual player. Random rolls is good for the casual player because you can get a decent god or crap roll just the same as everybody else. And then if you got one that you're, you know, you're like, oh, that's pretty good. I don't have a ton of time. This is a pretty good roll. Well, now you can invest in it. Take it up to tier 10 masterwork. Put a, put a mod on it. Put the perk on it that you, that'll kind of maybe make up for it being a slightly mediocre roll, right? You can make a slightly mediocre roll better with the mod system because you can add a perk that kind of maybe makes up for the difference in in what, what it might be lacking. And I think that's that's a key. That's a big, big key for helping helping casual players, you know, really kind of find really kind of find their footing. And so I, I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be great for everybody along the spectrum. When I saw the extra column come up when they masterworked the weapon, I was excited, then disappointed. Once they revealed it was just a kill counter. Did you see this as a missed opportunity? I don't see it as a missed opportunity because I think four perks is enough. If you get beyond four perks, you get kind of into the absurd, right? It gets a little absurd, like five perks, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's imagine something here. Let's look at an exotic. Let's look at the, the, the Graviton Lance, okay? It has three active perks, Fitted Stock, Cosmology, and Accurized Round, okay? But then it has Black Hole. It has the Intrinsic Exotic perk, right? And then you buff it with Masterworks, all right? Now, obviously, of the three active perks, Cosmology is dope. You can't get Cosmology on any other gun, and you can't get Black Hole on any other gun. So, out of the four active perks, you have two that are unique and awesome, if you could get a legendary gun with essentially five perks, right? The three that roll random, the one that you add that you saw got added, the one that you add with Masterwork, and then another one with the mod, you basically could create a gun better than an exotic maybe. Or at the very least, it would seem better. It has more active perks. I think you would get into the theater of the absurd at that point. It's like... Wait, what are we what are we doing here? What why 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 do you have a legendary with this many perks? That extra perk slot that that adds is just nice cuz then you can toggle it to, you know, I want this to I want this to toggle and and track my PvE kills, right? And then all of a sudden you realize you're like, this is a really strong gun. Let me take this into Crucible and then you can have it, you know, tracking your Crucible kills. I like that. Mr. Rod Farva uh, with the fact that there are three active perks on the new randomly rolled weapons in mind, do you think that they have an opportunity to create better raid endgame rewards and weapons that are harder uh, to get, making those weapons have multiple swappable perks? That is such a good per- point, uh, Rod Farva. I love that. Oh, I love that, and I hope that's what they do. I hope you have more choices, more perks, and more good combinations on the raid gear. Listen, listen, Bungie... Listen to me, and listen good. You better swing for the dadgum fences on the raid guns, because if I can grind for a god roll hand cannon and put Icarus on it and all these dope things, and I can make an amazing hand cannon, the hand cannon from the raid better be so cool, looking, sounding, perk combinations, bonuses in the raid. It needs to be top shelf. Top shelf. The only potential problem posed by this elaborate system of customization and random rolls, that's the only problem. 
is you're gonna make you might make raid gear feel like king's fall gear again king's fall gear just didn't feel that good go get yourself a hung jury from dead orbit and it was better than every primary in the raid it was statistically not preference i'm not arguing preference here right statistically speaking the hung jury was a better weapon than all of the primaries than all the primaries in the king's fall raid and i think that's a very important thing to remember so i really hope bungie was 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 good about thinking about all the layers that goes into this if you can grind for some hand cannon from a nightfall and it's arguably better than the hand cannon in the cruise and then in the raid that's a problem if the gambit hand cannon or the the blind well hand cannon is better than the hand cannon in the raid then that's a problem. At the very least, it should be a pinnacle piece of gear that is at its best in the raid. At the very least. I should be able to take the raid hand cannon anywhere and feel like it's a pinnacle piece of gear, but it's at its best inside the raid, like the Fatebringer. That's what we need. That's what we need. We need pinnacle gear that that has its, that has its home in the raid. And then you feel like, man, I'm so glad I used this. I'm so glad I have this. It makes such a great Oracle Disruptor, right? You felt the difference. It was nice. It was cool. It made a difference. Uh, With random rolls and god rolls, this is from Archangel. Is it going to be possible to have a loadout that is ridiculously overpowered? And how would these affect PvP and PvE? I mean, right on time. Right on time, good question. What we were just talking about. I mean, if you can get just a stupid strong build they're gonna have to think about that they're gonna have to be very very careful here you know you throw range fi- you get a gun with you know I don't even know explosive rounds range finder and something else and then you add Icarus I mean I don't know it might get, it might get kind of dumb it might get kind of silly and I think that's something that needs to be considered alongside of what I just said how they, these guns better these guns in the raid they better be good man it better be good. We we don't want to we don't want to get raid guns that look like Duke Duke for you know compared to everything else in the game. Stuff that I can get from a strike, something that I can get from public event or a vendor. If I can buy better, if I can get better guns from the vendor, you've 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 made an in, you, have, you have an incentivization problem. And I don't care if people can't get the best gear because they can't run the raid. Suck on it and deal with it. <laughs> you got free raid gear for like four months just by being in a clan. Find a group of people, get in the raid, try and get the gear. Having pinnacle gear being difficult to achieve and get is fine when you have a customizable system like this. Random rolls, mods, all those things, I think, are a comforting blanket to those who maybe not be able to run the raid. I can't run the raid, but I've got a really good dadgum hand cannon. Uh, V should raid trial special event weapons have a special perk attached to them, making them more of a non-random weapon, or should the perk be an innate on the weapon and the weapon still have the same amount of random perks as every other weapon? Great question. <clears throat> Let's dig down on this, okay? Because I didn't really touch on this and we've just been talking about it. Trials gear and raid gear should be set. It should be set. Basically, trials gear, trials guns, and raid guns are like a step down from exotics. Exotics have set roles because they're great, automatically great combinations and they're tough to get. Now, if you want to let me masterwork a piece of raid gear to get the bonuses, perfect. If you want to let me pick between, here's a great idea, Bungie. If you want to let me pick on the mods, there are mods 
on a raid gun that only apply to the raid and I pick according to what I do in the raid like maybe I am more of a damage player maybe I'm more of a support player and you add that you add that mod you're like all right let me go down to the mods here and these mods are only in the raid and you're like okay I've got I've got shield disruptor increased damage to the boss's shield that's really nice I've got chain lightning on red bar enemies and I've got create more orbs on multi kills which one do I want like you see what I'm saying you're making choices those are just ideas off the top of my head you're making choices according to how you play the raid what's your role in the raid what benefit do you want when you're in there are you the guy that goes for DPS and then obviously different weapons for different roles well I'm more support role because I'm the I'm running I'm running you know Orpheus rig tether or I'm running the the sword slam thing that the that the the warlock can do well you're gonna gravitate towards you know you're gonna gravitate towards the the more support mods I think specific mods for the the raid guns would be great for the raid and the reason that would work so well is if they're already static rolled weapons like the way the fate bringer in the vision of confluence they were you know they were static rolls it was the same roll every time now they can add mods that don't break those guns and make them overpowered or broken so I am just so excited to see what they come up with everything they're showing us right now just shows so much promise uh, AR5 Bell, Ars Bell says, Locked Elemental will be huge change to D2. When do you think this, uh, the Sandbox realized that they messed up with the current system? I don't know if I would argue they messed up, but I think some constraint is needed. I think locking the Elemental uh, is a great first step in giving us back Elemental Primaries. I, I want Elemental Primaries. It, get, like, give them to me. Now. Not, not now, not, not, not later, like yesterday. Give me elemental primaries, right? I want them. And I think if you're going to lock the element, I think that's justification for saying that they could do it. They could easily, easily do it. And I think with, with perks like prism and other modifiers that they do in the, you know, in the thing that they're doing with the modifiers and prestige raid layers... I think you could you could uh, easily easily add add uh, add things like that get like elemental primaries. You could definitely give them back to us. You're gonna it's gonna be locked. You have all these perks and things in the end game. Whether it's a prestige raid layer, maybe it's a uh, you know maybe it's a prism modifier. Maybe it's a strike. Maybe it's a modifier for the blind well. Maybe it's a modifier for the new escalation protocol. Whatever, you know. These are things, these are definitely things that, that I think are going to, are really going to push things, push things forward. Did I get my melee one? Yeah, solar melee is done. Let's put our shotgun back on. And then let's go start hitting flags. Next question from Mac2099. And a, a minor point, but one that deserves attention. Trace rifle staying special slot, but getting a damage buff. Thoughts? That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Uh, high rate of fire weapons that can only be used at certain effective ranges and eat through your ammo very quickly. Getting a damage buff, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. They're so underutilized. They're so under underrepresented. I, I'm not. I'm not too worried. There's only a couple of them, and the ones that are really worth using, are, they're exotic anyway. So it ain't like it ain't like they're gonna they're they ain't like they're gonna mess mess anything up. You know. Cold Hearts and Exotic, you know, the 
the lens, the the Promethean lens, Prometheus lens or Promethean? Prometheus, I think. The lens is, is an exotic. The new one that they showed where you put stuff on the ground and it blows up, that's an exotic. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're going to limit trace rifles enough that I think they can get a bit of a bump. Uh, I'm not too I'm not too worried about that uh, at all. All right, one more adventure that they're currently working on, and then I need void grenade. I need three heroic strikes, a nightfall, and in ten minutes everything resets, so we can see if we get some good ones. Arc super kills. Oh, and challenge is completed. Next question, Harry. The tapir. Does the fact that uh, Bungie are locking the Escalation Protocol shotgun and sniper to solar on the 28th suggest that they can't think of any guns better than them? So they need to nerf the weapons to make the new Forsaken guns better, uh, and then the void can shine. I don't think that. I think that's a. I don't think that's a fair. I don't think that's a fair assessment of what's going on. Uh, I don't think that's a fair assessment. What I think is, I think that they built a gun. And made and made it really great as it stands on its own. The Escalation Protocol shotgun is a pinnacle piece of gear. Its damage output is stupid. Okay, awesome, sweet. Somebody else over here in another corner in a vacuum decided that the tractor cannon would be super dope and awesome if it could buff void damage. Sweet, that works. That you know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of things you can pair up with it other than a Nova bomb, right? And then all of a sudden, they're like, we need to rework the weapon system, and if we do this, one outlier, one strange little thing, you know, situation, is that we're gonna have people being able to do a stupid amount of damage by having both tractor cannon equipped and the Escalation Protocol shotgun on void. So I don't think, when you consider everything I just said, everything that went into what I just said, right? I don't think you can conclude that, well, they just can't, they just can't come up with anything better. It, you know, they can't come up with anything better, anything stronger. No. No, I don't think so. And I don't think they're making us weaker. I think you have a combination of something that breaks intentionality, right? The Listen, think about it like this. Think about it like this. The intentionality of Tractor Cannon was meant, it was meant to buff void damage. And when they implemented that gun, when they implemented that gun, you did not have the ability to go Tractor Cannon, sweet, and then go, all right, let me get out my, let me get out my, uh, my escalation protocol on void and use that after my tractor cannon. So I think it's a false argument. I think it's a false argument to say they're making us weaker. If they're making you weaker right now, then go do it. Go use tractor cannon and the escalation protocol shotgun on void. Oh, what's that? You can't do that. That's not a possibility right now. And nullifying that as a future possibility isn't weakening you because it's not a present power structure that you have. Your argument's irrelevant. Your argument's invalid. You can't do it right now anyway. If you could do it right now, and they were nerfing you, you'd have an argument, Hey, you gave us something cool, and now you're nerfing it. I would probably concede that argument if we don't like the box breathing nerf. I'd be like, hey, box breathing was really cool, and it made Whisper a pinnacle gun, and it's going to be less pinnacle now. I'll, 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 link, I'll link arm in arm with you at that point and say, yeah, that's, that's not really a cool nerf. But you can't do it now anyway. 
if you want to do it now, you gotta run Tractor Cannon, and somebody else has to run the Escalation Protocol Shotgun, which is an intrinsic nerf and balance. You both can't do it. You both can't do it. So they're looking future possibility. Listen, it's why it's why they took the Touch of Malice and they adjusted it. They were like, you can't you can't take Touch of Malice and step out of a bubble and basically maintain weapons and blessing. You can only maintain weapons. Weapon you know, weapons of light. You can't maintain blessing. Why? Because the intentionality of that and those two things coming together was not designed for it to do that. You're breaking damage structure and bosses. Everybody would have went into Wrath of the Machine and been like, Weapons bubble, blessing bubble, six touch of malices. Chung, 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 chung. Every boss would have been invalidated. That's stupid. You can't argue. Listen, I'll sign up every day of the week and argue with you and, and agree with you. I'm sorry, not argue with you. I'll agree with you every day of the week if they're making us weak and it's frustrating. When they nerfed, you know, Suros Regime and I had just gotten it. I was very angry about that. It's still a sore subject. I finally got it and a week later they nerfed it, okay? But I'm not going to sign up with you and cosign if you're like, man, this thing that was going to break boss encounters and invalidate them. We can't do that now. We can't use this and that. We can't use touch of malice and, and, and also weapons and blessing I'm not gonna I'm not gonna co-sign that you, you you're not allowed to break content and say that that oh well they're nerfing us you know so the intention of tractor cannon is to buff void damage how is combining that buff with a void shotgun not the intention because the design of tractor cannon to buff sh- void shotgun damage was done in a way where they looked at the landscape of the game at that point in time when you couldn't have both a tractor cannon and that shotgun equipped at the same time they designed it within a meta and within a weapon structure that isn't going to exist in forsaken therefore it needs to be adjusted When they said, let's make Tractor Cannon crazy, what were they doing? They were adding power to an existing weapon system where we didn't feel all that powerful. Double primary, we feel kind of weak. This doesn't feel very strong. Okay, guys, we got it. We're going to sauce up the exotics. Ooh, that sounds good. Let's sauce up the exotics. Here comes Forsaken. Guns are going to be able to go where in different slots now. Shotgun in the energy slot. Well, no, no, hang on a second then. We got to rethink what we did to Tractor Cannon because Tractor Cannon staying in the heavy slot and, and Escalation Protocol shotguns going in the, in the energy slot. That's going to cause some problems. That's going to cause imbalance. It didn't create imbalance when they delivered it when they did because it wasn't possible. The, the argument that they're weakening us or they're, oh, that's not fair, right? That's an invalid that's an invalid argument because it wasn't possible when they designed Tractor Cannon and gave it the buff. So that that's my pushback on that. I, I don't look, I, I never want to go into content and have it be broken. I don't want content to be broken and be like, well, we feel really strong. I want you to think about what you're arguing for. Just stop for a second. I know you loved the idea of going tractor cannon, escalation protocol, shotgun. Sounds really cool. Seems really exciting. Do you really want to invalidate every single loot pursuit they designed for us in Forsaken? Because that's kind of what would happen if you had a ridiculously broken, undeniably overpowered build. Wrath of the Machine and the Wrath guns and the new guns and the new loot pursuits in Rise of Iron would have been completely invalidated if we could just go, hey... 
you just run six touch of malices and two titans and every boss dies immediately it would have broke the content it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been good it wouldn't have been good you never want to invalidate future content by arguing for imbalance or overpowered you know builds and I know sometimes that's frustrating because it leads to things getting nerfed or things that we would like to do getting nerfed but in this case I'm going to defend Bungie because it wasn't even a possible build when they gave you Tractor Cannon to do that. Personally, I don't think we should have any Year 1 Legendaries. It was from Year 1 into Taken King. That would have been the best way. So not be able to take the Touch of Malice into Rise of Iron. I mean... You just got to be careful. You, You invalidate people's grind when you do that. You invalidate people's grind when you do that. Um, I don't know. You got to be so, so careful. If you're going to say, hey, <laughs> that exotic that you finally got, <laughs> yeah, you, can't, you can't use it anymore. <laughs> well, it's not that you can't use it anymore. You're saying that the new content would be stronger and this wouldn't be able to be infused up. Therefore, passively, de facto, leaving it behind. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. It's a tightrope, man. It's a tightrope. You don't want to invalidate player grind and player decision making. Uh, Husky, do you think it's too easy to get exotic weapons? Remember, uh, uh, remember the epic D1 moments you see Galahorn or Hawkmoon drop? Alright, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, watching on YouTube, we've been having an ongoing debate about how ketchup is a garbage condiment. It's, it's bad, low-rung, disgusting, sugary paste that you put on something so kids eat it. There's better condiments for your burgers. Doesn't belong on a dog. And my wife bought ketchup. Ugh, potato chips. It literally smells like ketchup. And she wants me to eat this on stream. If you follow me on Twitter at Say No to Rage... We tweeted the picture last night. Very unhappy that this exists. Apparently, it's very popular in Canada. That's an indication right there of the quality of the condiment. Uh, we buy a lot of our allergy friendly food in Canada. Oh, man, it's so good. It's good. It's good. You know what that tastes like? That tastes like a stale French fry. It tastes, like a, it tastes like a stale French fry with ketchup on it. Oh, my gosh. Those chips and mustard. It could be ketchup and mustard. You said dip them in mustard. Or you could dip them in ketchup. Alright, we gotta move on. And we can't. Brother Fab, what the frick? What'd you do? How many was it, Brother Fab? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, Brother Fab just gifted 100 subs to the channel. I'm not even gonna be able to read them all. Dad gummit. Dad gummit, brother Fab. You're my first one. You're my first 100 gifted subs. If you're listening to this right now, if you're here lurking, check and make sure you may have gotten a sub from brother Fab. You have access to 30 emotes. You have access to the Discord, LFG, and clan system for one month. If you don't want to continue to sub and get those perks and benefits after this month, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. I'll read them after Q&A. You're disrupting my Q&A content creation. 
My wife says it's the ketchup chips. Bringing the ketchup chips on stream is why he did the 100 gifted subs. Brother Fab, thank you really, truly, and genuinely. Thank you for your generosity. That is silly, silly, insane what you just did. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, man. Very kind. Very, very kind. Fat Hotshot says, what perks are you looking forward to getting PvP and PvE weapons? I'm looking forward to Hidden Hand and Range Finder coming back. After that, I would like to see a lot of new stuff come, like Desperado, Trench Barrel, Box Breeding. I want to see new perks as well. Do you think Xur should sell Masterwork Cores? I think you're going to need, we're going to need to be able to find Masterwork Cores quickly somewhere. We're going to need to be able to find Masterwork Cores quickly somewhere. Uh, Because if not, if not, that grind might turn into a really painful one. So I'm hoping they give us a way to grind for them. You didn't answer the question on the exotics? I'm sorry. Husky says, do you think that it's too easy to get the... Oh, 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 sorry. Too easy to get exotics? Um, I think the drop rate of exotics in D2 vanilla was right in line with the drop rate of everything else. Too high, too easy. Lower the drop rate, lower the accessibility a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I think they're a little too accessible. Uh, the cheese bucket. Are you able to choose weapon perks right away? When you get the weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're already unlocked. You don't have to do anything to use them. They're just, they just drop at those rolls. Random, uh, Amish Milkman. Do you think random rolls will push away some of the casuals and kill off some of the player base? No, I kind of already answered this. I actually think random rolls is good for the entire player base. Because instead of waiting forever to get the Escalation Protocol shotgun, you can get a version of the gun that's satisfactory and then you feel good. Whether you play for 10 hours a day... 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week there's a huge spectrum right let's say the average player at the very bottom plays for 5 hours a week all the way up to 40 hours a week there's players all along that spectrum okay anybody along that spectrum that decides to invest time going for a gun is going to feel rewarded for their time if you spend 20 hours trying to get the best possible roll and you get it and then you're real excited and real happy that leaves you satisfied. If you only put a couple hours in and you get a decent one, well then that's really satisfying for you too. I, you, you, no matter where you are along the spectrum, you feel rewarded for your time. And casuals are going to be like, I'm just glad I got the weapon with the decent roll instead of sitting here for an eternity. And here's the other kicker for the casuals. Let's imagine Escalation Protocol had God Rolls. If I'm going for a God Roll, I'm in the I'm in the area trying I'm in the area trying to get the God Roll for a longer period of time, which means as a casual when you stop in to do Escalation Protocol, there's chances are very good there's more people in the area doing escalation protocol you're keeping kind of the the winds of the hardcore players in in that hemisphere instead of i got the shotgun i'm out it's no i'm going for the god roll as a casual player you go in for your two-hour play session and want to do escalation protocol and the odds are better in your favor that there's people there grinding escalation protocol when it's binary your friends get it and they're done they leave they're like, I'm out. I don't need to run it anymore. And you're like, oh, well, I need to run it. And then you go to the public space and you're like, nobody's running it. But if players all along the spectrum are continuing to grind as much as they can, whether it's five hours a day or week, more people are in that place going for that role. Red Raptor, do you think the raid boss in Forsaken could be Sabathun or nobody like Axis? What are you looking forward to the most in the raid? 
Uh, we're on question number 28. Uh, we're going to have to cut this after 30 questions. I, I, I need to eat my lunch. And we were at 5.09 when we started. So we'll go to 6.09. We'll go for a full hour. Okay. Um, I think, I don't think Savathun is going to have anything to do with this content. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think she's going to have anything to do with this content. I think uh, it's going to be an Ahamkara, since they said it's a giant creature. It's a giant, uh, you know, creature underneath the Dreaming City. I don't think that's a descriptor for Savathun. I think, aww. I think that Savathun will come in the Taken Queen alongside of Eris. That's been my prediction for a while. That's been my prediction for a while. Uh, Genius905, I haven't purchased D2, worrying that it wouldn't meet my expectations. With this, would purchasing the game be a good idea for a D1 fanatic? I think Forsaken is built for Destiny 1 hobbyists. If you are a hobbyist from Destiny 1, you're going to love Forsaken the way they're building it. Everything I laid out about random rolls, etc. It's going to be right in your lane. Here's the thing, though. The D2 vanilla experience with both DLCs is like $20, I think, in some places. Very, very... Very, very reasonable. Uh, and I think that's something that you need to consider. That's something that needs to be considered. That's pretty cheap. You could spend the next month just grinding like an insane person. If you're a D1 hobbyist, you probably did, right? You probably did grind like an insane person. You do that for the next month, and then once you get capped, you know, you're like, sweet, a lot of the value points getting added in Forsaken are going to land on you as an invested player, you know? Questions can continue after Lona gets food inside his belly. I'll end SNTR Presents. I'll keep reading your questions, though. I just, I gotta eat. I gotta eat, okay? Um, and then this last question is kind of the same. Is it worth getting back into Destiny 2 leading up to Forsaken, or would it be better to wait for Forsaken for a player who hasn't played since Warmind? I think, and this will be the last question, I think the more invested you are in Destiny 2, okay? I think the more the value points are forsaken are going to land on you as a value point. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, look at all this investment. Look at all this stuff I can do. Look at all this. Th- this gear is so much better than all the gear I had. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, the raid's so much bigger. The new strikes. The new the new Dreaming City place. The new, the new Horde mode. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're like, I've not played the game in a while. I'm down in like the low 300s. Two, like high 200, high 200s. And then all of a sudden you try to jump back in and Forsaken, you might not feel as rewarded for all the changes. So jump in. If the, the, the Solstice grind is fun, you could grind for the Forge stuff. You could grind Escalation Protocol. Just try and level up. You know, try and get as many gear, as much gear as you can. I, th- I think that's a pretty good path for people to take leading up to Forsaken. And you can get the game in all DLC really cheap right now. So, as with all of my content, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or you're watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash rage, or follow me on Twitter at rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you listening or watching. Please like, share, and subscribe.